The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 46 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the classic radio theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two horror episodes of Lights Out. We'll begin after this short break. Lights Out was the brainchild of Willis Cooper, Originating out of the studios of WENR in Chicago, Cooper presented a late-night horror program heard only in the Midwest, seething with vampires, invisible monsters, evil beings, and survivors of an atomic apocalypse. Several fan clubs sprang up, and in 1935, NBC decided to expand its coverage nationwide. A year later, Willis Cooper went to Hollywood to pursue a screenwriting career, leaving the program in the capable hands of playwright Arch Obler. Obler wrote, directed, and hosted the series, confining most of the casts to two or three players. In 1942, Lights Out returned to the airwaves for a one-year cycle on CBS, originating from Hollywood. His favorite cast members included Lou Merrill, B. Benaderet, who would later voice Betty Rubble on The Flintstones, Joseph Kearns, Mercedes McCambridge, and Hans Conried. Obler employed elaborate sound effects with a stark reality of no music, using only a gong sound for scene transitions. Under Obler's guidance, the show broadcast psychological chillers with stream-of-consciousness narrative, each featuring an element of classic horror from giant worms and haunted houses to monsters from outer space. Announcer Frank Martin, who would often banter with Obler after the story, inquiring as to Obler's motivation for writing it. Sponsors for the 1942-43 CBS series was the Sterling Drug Company, promoting ionized yeast tablets and Energene shoe polish. In the summers of 1945, 46, and 47, Lights Out Again was broadcast, using some of Willis Cooper's prior scripts, even though Cooper was not part of the production. Lights Out made a transition to television in 1949, hosted by Frank Gallup as a disembodied head, introducing and closing each creepy episode. Time now for the first of two horror episodes of Lights Out. And I want to warn you that these Lights Out stories are not for young children and can be very frightening to listeners of all ages. So if you scare easily, Please consider not listening and turning this podcast off. In the first story, a couple of hoodlums get the surprise of their lives when seeking shelter in a warehouse. Here's The Devil's Due on Lights Out from April 26, 1939. Lights out. Everybody. 
shouldn't have done it, Mitch. Yeah, quit beefing. You going soft? Soft? No. No, of course not. But cooking the old guy tonight didn't need to. We didn't need to. He saw us, didn't he? He could turn us in at a description, couldn't he? Ah, uh, he'd never be able to describe us. It was too dark. Ah, uh, well, Mitch Rosinski's don't take chances, see? Anyhow, you case the joint. Why didn't you spot the burglar alarms on that safe? The safe ain't my racket, Mitch. You're the Peterman. <laughs> Knives is your racket, eh, Koki? Slip him in the guy's ribs from the back, huh? Listen, listen. We're talking about the cooking we've done. It gives me the chills. <laughs> you yell. Uh, it's, it's just nerves. This rotten fog shut me down. Say... You sure you know where you're going? Of course I know. I can find it fog or no fog. We're almost there. Are you sure we're, we're going to be safe in this joint? Cops will never find us. It's old warehouse. Ain't been used for years. Swell, I hope you're right. Ain't I always right? Yeah, yeah. Don't get sore. Well, how much farther? Pretty soon. We're almost there. Hey! Hey, what's that? Uh-huh, this. What is it, bitch? Sounds like little hooks. Uh, well, it's not. So many people sort of live around here keep goats. Probably one of them. Yes, that thing went right past me. Hey, what's getting into you? But, Mitch, I, I felt something. I tell you, I did. But there wasn't anything there. Little hooks, close to me. But there ain't nothing there to see. Listen, Cocky, in a minute, I'm going to let you have it. You're squealing like a rat. That's honest. I ain't squealing. I'm scared. There's, there's something funny. Say, that killing we did, huh? Is that scaring you? No, no, no. Maybe it's... Ah, it's just this lousy fog. I don't know. Well, don't get nerves now. We got to get away to worry about. Well, let's get off the street. Let's get up away from the river. Get with us some light. I ought to clip you, Corky. This fog was made to water perfect getaway. And four grand in our keys. I know, I know, Mitch. But, but little hoofs shouldn't run past the guy. With nothing to make him run. That's right. Hey, here's the block. Sure, look now in this building. We'll come to a bunch of doors close together. I don't like the looks of this layout. Yeah, what do you want, eh, Rich? Here come your doors. Which one do we crack? Wait, I got a figure I can't remember. I think it was the third. Yeah, I know it was. You are right. The third door. <laughs> Who are you? Does that matter? Listen, guy, you start talking. Who are you? Where do you pop up from? That is not important. You are called Mitz Rosinski. And you are Cookie Donavetti. Listen, brother, you're talking out of turn. So? But we have much in common to talk about. Come on, Mitch. Let's scram. I don't like this guy's looks. Crap down, you. Listen, guy, talk fast. Now, who are you? I. That is not important. Now. Suffice to say that I have come to meet you. To take you where the police will never find you. Mitch. Mitch, I don't like this guy's Shut looks. Shut up, Rat. No. Oh, you can hide us out, huh? No one will ever find you, rest assured. It sounds like you got something there, mister. But how do we know you're on the level? Are there not two of you to my one? Can it be said that the mighty Big Mitch Rosinski is frightened? Scared? Me? Huh? I ain't scared a man of the devil. I have heard that. Interesting. I'm telling you, Mitch, you're making a wrong move. Who's doing this? So how do we get to this hideout of yours? You are about to enter the third door of this building. That will be as good as uh, another place. Hey, what are you trying to hand us? We're happy this joint already. Most excellent. Then the door is open. Shall we enter? <laughs> Matt, don't tell me there's nothing phony. Look. Hey, listen, what's going on here, fella? I just tried that door and it was locked tight. And now it is open. Let us 
enter. I ain't going in there. You know, I think this guy's got something on the ball. I think he knows some real tricks. The tricks of our trade, eh, my friend? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe we can do a little business together, huh? There is work for both of you. No, no, Mitch. I can, I can see something. Let's not go with this guy. Why, this fellow's setting us right with his mob. I have reserved prominent places for no, you. No, no, Mitch, cut me out, will Sam, you? Sam, getting sick of your squealing, you get in and I'll lead the way. No, Mr. Get get me out, you? Yes, yes, gladly. Come with me, my friend. No, no, no. Let me go back, will you, Mitch? Come on. Here's something for me here. I'm trying yeah, to... Cut it out. Uh, Why, we got a chance to be big shots with smart guy like this. None will be closer to me. I promise you. See, Corky, I got the idea this fellow can do big things for fellows in our racket. You are shrewd, my good friend. I know exactly the things for men like you. Now, listen to that. Now, what do you think? I'm scared. Take a good look at this guy. That's all I ask. Look at him close, will you? I look very closely. Want you to remember me. Well, you'll never see a classy little guy. Look at him close like this swells where that it's class. He looks like big society. Well, maybe. Me, I don't like it. Hey, what's the matter with you? I ain't never seen you like this before. Hey, wait up, mister. Don't go so far ahead. Hey! Hey, where do you go? Hey, Mitch! Mitch, they're coming! They're coming after you again! It's them hooks! Hey! Hey! Mister! Hey, mister, where are you? <laughs> Let's get out of here, will you? Hey, Mitch. Mitch, where are you? Yeah, quit your way. I'm willing to get out of here, but I can't see in the dark. I'm no cat. Well, I don't know. Here, here, I got it. Oh, never mind. I got a little flashlight. Much good in this barn. Mm. No. It is a feeble light. You? Where do you come from? I had not left. <gasps> it's him. He's a phony, I tell you. Who are you? Where do you come from? I have always been here. Watching your interesting partnership. There's something for him. It's that scramble. I think maybe you're right, Corky. Hear me out. Did you not know that I have long considered myself a silent partner in your enterprises? What do you mean? This hour shall see my partnership become active. I have joined you, my very dear friends. No. Now, go away from us, will you? Leave us alone. Tell us who you are. I have had many names. What does it matter? What would my name mean to you? Yet, I have told you, we are partners. Tonight, our partnership will be consummated. I will show you how strongly it can be welded. Remember the first job you did together. That's it, pal. Say, chimneying the window is a cinch for you, ain't it? Yeah, you said something that time. Boy, you're sure going to be glad you teamed with me. We make some real dough. Yeah, better be careful on this job, though. Careful of what? This old bird ain't going to give us any trouble. I know, I know, but we got to make him talk. And we can't have a lot of racket. Yeah, we can find his role, all right. Probably he hides it in his mouth. No, I went through this joint when he was out the other day. Couldn't find a thing. So you called me in, eh? Smart boy. <clears throat> Here we go. Quiet. When we get in, I'll jump him. Where is his bed? In his room? Just to the right of the window. There's only one room in the shack. Okay, come on. Who's there? Who's there? Shut up or I strangle you. Ah, that a boy, Mitch. Now, listen, guy. I'm going to let loose of you, but remember when you body you and your dad and remember, now. Who are you? What do you want? Why do you think we want? 
Corky, snap on your flash. Nick, Nick, somebody will spot us. Way out here in the country, snap it on. I can't do my best work less I can see. Okay, there you are. Yeah, as well. Now you, where do you keep it? Keep what? Don't give me that. You know what I mean. Where do you keep your roll, your dough, your money? Money? I have no money. I'm a poor old man. <laughs> You're a poor old fool. Ah, that's it, Mitch. Let him have it. Come on, guy. Where's the door? Honest. Honest, I have no money. Not a penny. Okay, mister. We ain't got all night. Corky? Yeah, Mitch. What do you want? You brought along some big needles, didn't you? <laughs> you know me, Mitch. Sure, I did. Okay, turn on that gas plate over there and heat them up. This guy needs working on. Come on right up. Please. Please, I'm telling the truth. I haven't any money. Not a penny. Cut that out. Everybody around here knows you've got plenty of money hid somewhere else. No, it's a false rumor. It isn't true. I swear it. Here's the needles, Mets. Here, pull them with a pliers. It's red hot. Good. Give me. Now, you're going to tell us. Uh, honest. I, I ain't got... Oh, yeah? Cookie, hold his hand. Oh, a hot yeah. needle through his fingernails. Yeah. Hold him. There. <laughs> Give me that other needle. Grab him, Corky. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Oh, please. Please. I'll tell. I'll tell. Oh. <laughs> and I thought he'd come around. Sure, they all talk. All right, guy, quick. Where is it? Right there. Behind that picture. You hold him, Corky, till I see. <sighs> Here it is, pal. That's the stuff. What'll I do now? Well, he knows what we look like. Got a knife? Sure. Okay, Cookie. You know how. Uh, Please. Please. Don't kill me. Don't. It was a splendid beginning to our partnership. A very well-handled job and profitable for you, wasn't it? Who told you that? How would you know about that job? How do I know? But I was there. I watched you. Mets, I'm scrambling out of here. I'm going to run. No. No, my friend. You will not run. Instead, we will look at more of our partnership records. We must have a full accounting. Mets. I'm scared, Steph. Hey, Mister, where do you hear all this? I know so many things. Why, don't you remember? <laughs> ah, cut out that racket. You ain't hurt. Oh, please. Please let me go. I've never done anything to you. Of <laughs> course you haven't. Listen, sister. We didn't snatch you because we liked your pretty face, see? We want dough, get it? Dough. Oh, but my father will pay well. Oh, if only he'll let me go. Please, I know he'll pay. I'll see that he's Ah, does. nuts. When we get the money from your old man, we'll let you go, and not till we do get it. I promise you that you'll get it. Shut up. That you, Mitz? Yeah. Where are you? Did you get it? Get it? Nothing. The dirty crooks crossed us up. What do you mean? I went to this party, vacant lot, you know. Yeah? I got up on the garage roof across the street. Nobody figures me to be up there, so I get good look around. Right, go on. So what do you think? The place is lousy with coppers. Uh, can you beat that? You know, you know, I thought the guy would kick through without a squawk. Don't worry. When I get through, he will. Yeah, yeah, but this dame, she's awful dangerous to keep around long. We're hotter than a firecracker we'll right now. We'll just speed things up a little. But I say, let's get this. Let's knock off the babe and beat it before the coppers catch up with Not us. Not me. I got better idea. Hey, you. What? 
What do you want? Your old man tipped the police. Well, I can't help that. I, I wrote the note when you made me do it. Yeah, but it didn't work. We have to show your old man we mean business. Well, what are you going to do? You'll see. Cocky, you got that big knife of yours? Sure. What are you going to do? Send a little present to this babe's father. Hold her left hand, Cocky. <laughs> oh, don't. Guess what? I'm going to send one of those pretty fingers to your old man. Oh, no! No! Oh, for the love of mercy! Please! Come on, Mr. Give me a hand. Hold her arm, Cokie. Hey, what happened to her? Yeah, she's just passed out. There we are. That'll make the old buzzard think. Hey, Mitch. That ring on that finger. Let's keep it. Nothing, Dawn. Her old man will never recognize the finger without the babe on the other end of it. But he will recognize that ring. You'll know we're not fooling now. Ah, yes. You handled that job very well, my friends. And when you sent the finger, no time was lost in paying you off. Remember? You made a neat sum. And what a splendid joke on the father of the girl. <laughs> she was already dead when he paid you. We didn't croak that dame. That was accident. We didn't. Of course you didn't. But blood poisoning is a fine assistant, isn't it? Ah, but we have still another of our partnership activities to be reviewed. There, ah, there you displayed an amazing ingenuity. It was a bakery, remember? A small bakery. One man ran it. A stolid old German. Too stolid, remember? But you beat him. He got nothing for his stuff. That'll hold you. Give us a battle, will you? Yeah. Why not? Uh, you're asking for it, huh? Uh, skip it. Let's get going on the safe. Yeah, but I'd like to give this mug the works. I know, I know, but there's 25 grand in that safe. Unless the new paper, newspapers are kidding us. Uh, let's get it. Come Think on. Think we won't? Where's the soap? Huh? Well, don't ask me. I don't pack your rig. Hey, Cocky. We ain't got a bit of nitro. How are we going to blow that safe? Oh, Mets, don't tell me we're stuck now. No, we ain't stuck. Let's go talk to our friend. Hey, you. We ain't got time to fool with that. Dry up. I know what I'm doing. Hey, honey. We want the combination to that safe and quick. What for? That safe is empty. Uh, what are you handing me? Listen, we'll read the papers. You had a ticket on a horse that ran third in the sweepstakes, and they paid off 25 Gs. You cashed your check and put the door in that safe. We saw it in the papers. Now, what do you say? I said to you, Zwinon. Give it to him, Mitch. Uh, you're a tough guy, huh? Look, do you give us that combination or do we go to work on you? I don't talk. Say, you've been making donuts, huh? Frying them in that oil, huh? I do not talk to you. I... No, that grease looks pretty hot. It's bubbling. Do we get the combination or do I drop a little of this grease on your neck? Ah, you do not scare me. Scare you? Hey, you look, I'm not trying to scare you. 
Cookie here stretch this guy out on the table. He thinks I'm kidding. Yeah? <laughs> He's gonna be awful surprised. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Give me a hand, Mitch. Come on, this guy's heavy. Uh, Hurry. Someday for this, you answer. Yeah, we'll answer when we're spending your door. Hold his head over here, Corky. Ah, don't stall. Let him have a tipper full in the face. Ah, that ain't polite, Corky. Let's show the gent how we're going to entertain him. Here, you look. Look at that. Scalding hot. Nice, huh? How'd you like some of that on the back of your neck, huh? You gonna give us the combo? I give you nothing. Oh, well, here, let me get a dipper of this stuff. Now, let's just drop a few little drops on your neck like this. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to loosen up your tongue, sort of oil it, you might say. <laughs> well, how about doing a little chattering? Or should we uh, stick your face in it? Dying. Dying, I... I tell you nothing, Swinehunt. Ah, give him the works, mister. Yes, Court. All right, mister. Now, let's do this slow, and any time you want to quit, just say so. Nine, I don't talk. I don't talk. Nine, nine. Okay, then, let's get a little taste of this hot grease. And we do this slow, see? We push down your bullhead down, down, little more. Gonna get a taste of that grease soon. Ah, don't do it. Don't do it. I've got it. He will not do Oh, you ready to give us that combination, huh? How about it? Hey, Mats. It was too rough. Look, the guy can't talk. He, he's fried. He what? can't talk? Well, of all the dirt, that rat. He should have talked before I shut his face in that stuff. It's too late now. Yeah, too late. And he can't give us that combo. He can't talk. But it ain't too late for this guy to find out you can't cross up Mitchell Rosinski. I'll show him. I'll show him. Get out of the way. Let me get a shoulder under that guy. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? This guy was so anxious to fry. Okay, so he'll fry. Open that oven door. This will teach you to cross me. Get in there. Yeah, you can't make it, pal. can't, huh? I will make it. Hey, water. You were, you were shoving too hard, Mitch. I guess you busted his neck. Huh? I guess I did. Gee, fella, you uh, got to watch out for them big bits of yours. You're pretty strong. Uh, well, what's the difference? We'd have had to croak him anyway. He's seen us. He'd remember what we look like. Sure, sure. Only, only we ain't going to get that 25 now. Uh, let's get out of here. Hey. Hey, Mitch, look. That safe ain't locked. Look, open just a little. Sure enough. <laughs> That's good one. Oh, <laughs> let me add it. Here it is, Mitch. It works. And some more cash, too. Ah, boy, we're in the dough. Sure we are. <laughs> Let's get good. Okay. You have a donut, Cookie. Very unusual piece of work. Novel and complete. I congratulate you both. Uh, you know all these things. Who told you? I was there, my friend. 
Haven't I assured you yet that I am your silent partner in all these little affairs? Uh, it's this guy's lying. We never saw anyone on our jobs. It is not difficult for me to make myself yes, inconspicuous. Mister, I think Corky was right. There's something funny about you. I'm beginning to feel it, too. On the contrary, you will find that I am very uh, genuine. You must come with me. You will meet your friends, many of them. Mets, we don't want to join up with this guy's mob. Uh, I don't know. He says we got friends in his crowd. <laughs> My home is full of your acquaintances, and many more will soon be there. To keep you company. Is this on a level? To be sure. We are not without a certain honor. Eh, my friends? Tell me one guy you got with you that I know. You once had a brother. Or have you forgotten, Cookie? You mean Lefty? Oh, no. No, Lefty ain't with you. Oh, no, on account of Lefty's... Yes? Well... Well, Lefty ain't with you, that's all. I did not know you had a brother, Cookie. Oh, I haven't. Cokie and his brother quarreled, Mitz, over the spoils of a little job. There was nothing for Cokie to do but use his knife. How, how did you know that? It is my business to know these things. All right, then. If I croak Lefty, how is he in your mob? You disbelieve? Very well. You will meet him soon. I don't know. I can't figure this out, but I don't think I like it. Come. We will seal our bargain. You will join me. I have places ready for both of you so that you can join me and pay me my due. What do you mean, pay you? Have we not had a partnership? And until now, I have not shared in the spoils. I don't get it. What do you mean? Oh, Mitz, we shouldn't have come here. I, I tell you, we shouldn't have. Come. We close our bargain. My hand. Take it to bind our pact. Come. Take my hand and place it on your heart. Mitz, Mitz, he ain't a mobster. Mitz, look, look at that face. Why did I see it? Mitz, his hand, like fire, like flame. Who, who are you? Do you have any doubts? I am Belzebub, or a Baton, or Belial, what you will. Lucifer, if it pleases you, your partner... My friends, your partner in the unholiest of your enterprises. No, no, there ain't no such thing. No, no I'm leaving. Let me go. Let no, me go. You cannot leave here. From here, there is no leaving. And you have not yet met your friends. Your brother, Koki, he'll be glad to see you. Your erstwhile partner, Mitz. Kano, as his name. The marks of your huge hands are still on his throat. No, no, that ain't so. I didn't croak him. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. He knows, though. Oh, bring me my light. My dancing light. The light that flames and sears. Here are two black souls. Coals for our fires. Two hearts to redden the flames of inferno. Who? Oh, the master calls... The king of the dark angels. They welcome you. My cohorts and minions, see how quickly they answer. Listen. Ah, yes, they welcome you, my partners. Indeed, you are welcome. 
Okay. What is it? We're dreaming. Sure. Sure, that's what we're Cookie. Cookie, look. It's red. All around us. Look. The light's dancing. Cookie, what is it? What is it? The flames. The flames of hell. The flames of hell. No, I know. You are most welcome, my partners. You are accepted into our confraternity. The confraternity of blood and blackness. Of souls damned to eternal fires. Come. Come, my friends. Hear my voice and heed it. Come. Come. Yes. Ah, yes. Willingly you come. Come with me into the depths where the flames are hottest. Come where you will be consumed entirely and yet will never be consumed. First your hearts, red for the flames. Then your night black souls, fuel of the finest, fire of the finest. <laughs> Sure now, rookie. Is the river bait getting too tough for you already now, huh? Uh, well, no, sir. I'm sorry to call you, Sergeant, but I didn't know what else to do. Ah, that's all right, Nolan, me boy. I'd rather you'd call me than chance a mistake. Now, what is it? Well, a bum I picked up. Hysterical, babbling over a crazy story about... Uh, where is he? The squad men took him in. He was raving. Drunk. Delirium treatment, huh? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, let me show you. It's right down here. Yeah. Where are we going? Uh, right here, this old warehouse. He was sleeping on the loading platform. Said he was waked by a, by a bright red glow. Yeah? Go on. He said he looked in the window and... Well, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but... But he said he saw the devil. Huh? Yes, I know. That's crazy, but... Well, here's the door to the warehouse. Do they all go to the old warehouse? Uh, we take the third door. I wonder how the doors in back are. This ain't been open for months. Well, you can see that. Yeah, the back doors are the same. There are no windows. This loft was used for dead storage. Well, that red glow might have been a fire. Let's take a quick gander through the place anyway. Have you got a pass key? Oh, yes. Yes, I have one, Sergeant. Wait a minute. Careful now, lad. Huh. What's over there? Looks like old furniture. Let's take a peek at it. Turn your flashlight on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, careful of them loose boards. No, no. You notice a peculiar odor. Ah, what is it? Well, it's kind of creepy, what with this devil business and all. That smells like burning sulfur. I didn't fall for the devil business, Sergeant, but I did figure something was... Look, look. Two of them. Come on. They're dead. Sure they are. And man, look at the hole scooped in the, out of their chests. Claw marks, too. Look Claw like... marks, but, but... But, Sergeant, the flesh around the wound is burned and it's scorched. That's devil's work. I see it, Nolan. It looks like... Like a huge flame and claw reached out and scooped the hearts out of them. Sounds like you almost believe this devil's business, Sergeant. I ain't saying, lad. But look you, maybe you can explain them marks in the dust there on the floor. Where? Right there. Those prints were made by hoofs. Cloven hoofs. Maybe you were right, lad. Maybe it is the devil's work. <laughs> Devil's Due, this evening's Lights Out drama, was adapted from the idea which won first prize in the Chicago American Lights Out contest. 
The idea was submitted by Fred N. France, and the adaptation was made by Hobart Donovan. Devil's Due was produced by Wynn Wright. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's Lights Out with The Devil's Due, starring Arthur Cole from April 26, 1939, as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another horror episode of Lights Out for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. Once again, I warn you that these Lights Out stories are not for young children and can be very frightening to listeners of all ages. So if you scare easily, please consider not listening and turning this podcast off. This time, Boris Karloff stars as a scientist that brings his wife back from the dead with gruesome results. Here's Death Robbery on Lights Out from July 16, 1947. Eversharp Schick Injector Razor, made by Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp Schick Injector Razors and Blades, and famous Eversharp Precision Writing Instruments. Hideous things come out of the darkness to prowl the tortured earth. Evil hands stretch forth to seize. Evil eyes are watching. Unholy voices whisper and quarrel in the fearful silence. Death stalks. Loathsome, horrible death. Dare you put out your lights and listen to Boris Karloff in a story of horror in the deepening darkness? Dare you listen to... Lights out! I'm glad you brought up the question of ethics, Ed. Sometimes I think science is too ethical. Stands in the way of research. I don't know, David. Take your work, for example. It's wonderful, but you have to be very cautious. I think working with monkeys is about as far as you should go right now. Oh, but, Ed, David is past that stage. Why not show Ed the one you worked on today, darling? If you'd like to see it, Ed, it's right in the lab. Yes, I would. I saw it last night after you injected the poison. (laughs) I'll get it, David. Thank you, dear. It's in the second cage. Mm, Ruth's a wonderful girl, David. Must be a big help to you in your work. Don't know what I'd do without her. But if she ever gets 
too interested in pure science. <laughs> I got a, I, I got, I got to lock her out of the lab and just make her go back to being a wife. <laughs> How do you find time for a wife? Now, look here. All you practicing surgeons think the research man is a machine. Not me, Ed. Ruth means more to me than all the discoveries I might make. Her happiness is all I live and work for. Well, I can't say that I blame him. She's a very charming person. Ah, here he is. Same one you saw last night, Ed. Stone dead. And there he is, just as healthy and alive as any other monkey. Why, it's amazing, David. Naturally, I've followed all the experiments along this line, but you seem to have progressed much farther. David can't go any farther with animals. He's ready for the next step, and he can do it. Well, I'm all for research, David, but you have a moral obligation in this sort of thing. How do you know it'll work with human beings? Oh, you're a surgeon yourself, Ed. You know that human beings are animals just like all the subjects I've used. I know it'll work. Well, knowing it won't get you far with society... You'll have to submit proof. I know that. And I've tried every way I can think of to get a human being to demonstrate on. He's tried insane asylums, penitentiaries, everywhere. No one will listen to me. Well, in a way, you can't blame them. Even to me, with my training, the idea seems, well, blasphemous. My dear Ed, you can't stop scientific progress because of a so-called moral concept. Besides, what could be less blasphemous than a triumph over death? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't see it that way. I wouldn't want to try it on me. When I'm dead, I want to stay dead. Oh, that's foolish, Ed. Well, if I die first, I want David to use me for a subject. Ruth, don't look so startled, Ed. She's always been my strongest supporter. But I'm not going to use her as a subject. I like her too well as a wife. <laughs> Still, it gives me the shivers to hear you talk that way, Ruth. Why? I've seen David's work grow to where the technique is perfect. Before long, his experiments will be recognized by the whole medical world. And if I can help him achieve that goal, I'm willing to do anything. Living or dead. I mean it. said she wanted to do it, Ed, living or dead. David, you're surely not going to hold her to that. Not now. Of course I am. She meant it. But I called you over here tonight, Ed, because I need help. Don't tell me that. But I want you to help me bring Ruth's... To bring her here? That's exactly what I mean. David... Will you help me? Or must I bribe some stranger? David, why don't you give this thing up? It's, it's inhuman. Ed, if I succeed, I'll have Ruth back. Don't you see how much it means? Well, yes, if you're successful. Oh, I've no doubt about that. Look, I've got my laboratory record. 714 times I've performed the experiment on guinea pigs, rabbits, monkeys. 714 times it's been successful. Don't you see? But, David, this is no laboratory experiment. Ruth was your wife. She is my wife. The only woman I ever loved. That's why I want to bring her back here and start her breathing and living again. There's an ugly name for what you're asking me to do, David. I know. Grave robbery. But there's a better name for it, Ed. Death robbery. We'll rob old man death. 
kick the door shut. On the operating table. I must say you are completely equipped. It's surgery, just as well as a lab. Everything we need is here. There. Well, it's done. Not yet. You mean you want me to stay? Ed, listen. Ever since Ruth... Well, I guess I've leaned on you for everything. I won't ask you to stay, but I do need you. Just a little longer. All right, David. I'll stay. Ruth will be the first to thank you when we succeed. David, I'll always doubt this until I see Ruth living, breathing, smiling again. It won't be long, just a matter of 15 or 20 minutes. If nothing happens. What will you do if your operation doesn't work? Then you'll have just one more job to do as my friend. And that? Will be to bury both of us. Oh, now look, David. If Ruth isn't alive again within a few minutes, I'll have lost her forever. And I'll have proved that my whole life's work is useless. I'll have reason enough to use any of a dozen tricks that any good surgeon knows. End the whole business. Oh, but don't look so horrified, Ed. We won't fail. Let's begin. I should remind you once more, David, that you're usurping powers that belong to God Almighty. I like to think that Providence has wisely held back the knowledge of things like this until we knew how to use them. And I know how. Hand me that large beaker. All right. I'm not going to back out on you, David. What shall I do? Do. You'll work as you haven't worked in surgery before. Thank heavens I've got your skill on my side. Now then, first strap this bigger manometer on her arm. I just happened to think of something. Keep moving. This is all a matter of timing. But, David... Here are your instruments. And I want the incision right here where I'm shaving the hair. Make a small incision just at the fontanelle while I prepare the solution. David, have you considered... Please, work fast. But, Dave, what? She was embalmed, you know. Of course I know that. I have something to replace the blood and to counteract the fluid. It's ghastly. Finish the cut. I know what I'm doing. Well, that's all for the incision, but after all... Oh, work, nice. Now cut away the dura mater. Entirely? Leave the brain exposed? Yes, yes, I'll fix that. I've done it 700-odd times. This is no guinea pig or monkey. Well, I hardly need reminding. Sorry. What's that? A compound I've synthesized myself. What is it? I call it digamma-paradiamine. Oh, I know that isn't chemically correct. But it's as close as I can get to it. I knew that something like it must exist. Took three years to track it down took me that long to make the first drop of it. You know what you're doing, all right? Yes, I do. Now then, if you're finished, take the leads from that storage battery there and attach the positive to the silver plate on the shelf. Put that at her feet. I feel as if I were doing something unholy. Place the tip of the negative in the incision you made in the skull. Be sure the tip of the wire actually... actually penetrates the pyre mater. David... What if you bring her back? I will bring her back. But what if you bring her back and find she comes back without her soul? What? Her soul? Yes. You're a surgeon and you believe in a soul? Well, I hesitate to say there is no such thing. (laughs) You've seen a good many deaths, haven't you? Have you ever seen any evidence that the soul escapes at death? Perhaps I couldn't recognize the evidence. Put it this way, then. If there is any soul, it either leaves the body or stays with it at death. 
Now, no reputable surgeon or physician has ever been able to report the slightest evidence of the soul's having left the body. So, the soul, if there is a soul, must stay with the body, a part of it. I'm ready now. If you've finished. Everything set. Good. Close that switch, then, at the battery. Watch the meter and keep the current between plus and minus five of 150. There's a rheostat on the edge of the table. All right? All right. Now, I'm going to inject 10 cc's of adrenaline in the brachial artery. Adrenaline? Adrenaline and something else. There. God, she's beautiful, Ed. Yes. She was. She is. You'll see her in a few minutes, just as she was. I wonder what you'll have to tell us. Nothing. Death is only a transcendental sleep. Do you really believe that, dear? Oh, well, what's the difference? How's the current? Well, let's see. What? Let's jump to 180. Good. Bring it back to 150. That's the result of the injection. On a dead body? <laughs> let's say suspended animation. There are still a few things in surgery you don't know, aren't there? I never dreamed of a reaction like that. I'll show you more. Help me swing this lamp over here. But... Let the ammeter go. It'll hold steady for a minute now. But it might jump again. No, it won't. I've been all through this before. The reactions are exactly the same as the others. And this lamp? X-rays? No, it's a modification of the cathode ray. And just another of my developments. I call these atheta rays. Why do you call them that? Well, most rays are named for the first few letters in the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, and so on. Well, that explains theta. Didn't you say our theta? Yes. But theta was called the letter of death by the ancient Greeks. Well, that's right. It was the first letter in the word thanatos. Death. I see. A theta without death. <laughs> Maybe I was too sentimental. Maybe. At least human for once. Let's not argue. Here goes the ray. Now, quickly, the solution. Inject it? No, pump it. I built this pump especially for it. There's the pump switch, Ed. Here? Yeah. Turn it on and watch the ammeter. Okay. It's jumping. How far? 155. Let it go. 160. 170. Hold it there. It'll stay there now. Listen carefully. Yes. As soon as I turn off the pump, I want spigma readings. But there won't be any blood pressure. Wait and see. Give me a reading each time I ask for it and take them carefully. Are you ready? That's fantastic. I'm ready. Okay. Reading. <laughs> Systolic zero. Diastolic zero. That's all right. It'll take a few seconds. Now. Forty. My God. Diastolic. Hurry. Zero. My orbit valve is still open. I'll turn off the ray. Reading. Forty-eight. Over forty-two. David. Not yet. Now the stopwatch. Seven seconds after I say go, I want the systolic. Now you have it? Right. Ready. Now, go. 
Sixty. Go. Just what it should be. Lord, help. Look at my hand. I don't wonder. Ruth, darling, just a few more minutes. All right, Ed. Now the ray again. We'll know the answer very soon. The second act of Lights Out, starring Boris Karloff, will follow in just a moment. But now, listen to the sweetest shaving song ever written. Push-pull, click-click. Changes blades that quick. Push-pull, click-click. With the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor, yes, it clicks for men everywhere. Because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor is the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer. No blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull, click-click. And a keen new blade is automatically locked in correct shaving position instantly. It clicks because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor makes shaving 50% faster, 100% safer, 200% smoother. Just try the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor for one week. See for yourself the difference. It's a $1.75 value. Special now, only $1.25, complete with 20 blades. For the shave of your life, the rest of your life, switch to an Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Get yours tomorrow. Push-pull, click-click. Buy an Eversharp Schick. How long do you use the ray this time, David? Not long. Give me a reading. 68. Over 67. Now. 70. Diastolic. 68. Now. David. 118. 76. Close. Now. 120. That's it. 80. The stethoscope. Quick. Here. Listen. As I can tell, the respiration's normal, pulse just a tiny bit fast, and the reflex is slow, but apparently all right. David, I... I feel I must apologize to you. Apologize? Why? Well, for doubting you, I suppose. <laughs> you've learned to believe me. I'm very calm in the face of all this. Do you realize that you've performed a miracle? A miracle? I brought my wife back to me, as I promised her. It's, it's an unholy thing, but... But we've conquered death. Is that unholy? We have conquered death. May God forgive us. She'll only wait now. How long has she been asleep? Let me see. Eleven hours. 
She hasn't spoken at all? Not since that first scream, when she fell asleep. Have you given her anything? Just a few drops of brandy. Have you tried to wake her? No, but I think I'll try now. Oh, wait a minute before you do. Why? Well, I hate to keep harping on this business about a soul, David. I realize this is no place for a philosophic discussion. But I can't help wondering why Ruth screamed when she first came back to life. I think there's a logical explanation. After all, it must have been a physical shock. Well, that's true. It must also be true that there was a great mental shock involved. I think that's why she screamed, and I'm wondering whether there's been a permanent effect on her mind. Or as I prefer to think of it, her soul. Oh, you're simply borrowing trouble, Ed. I've never seen any sign of permanent damage in my other experiments. Don't forget that Ruth was a human being. Well, there's only one way to find out. I'm going to wake her. You're, you're not afraid? Afraid? Of what? Ruth? Ruth? Wake up, darling. Ruth, dear, it's David speaking. Wake up, dearest. Ruth. Ruth. Ah! Oh, darling. No wonder it's scared a poor girl. Ruth, it's it's David, dear. I kept my promise and you're alive again. Oh, you're all right, honey. It's David, you're... You're... Ruth! Ruth! David! David, what's the matter? Ruth! God is her mind! No, David. Her soul. David... You'd better go out for a little exercise now. I'll stay here with her. I'll stay while you go out and walk around a bit. You've been there with her since 8 o'clock last night without any let-up. Go on, I'll stay. Ed. I know, old boy. I'd give anything myself if we could undo what we've done, but... Ed, what could I do? Well, there may be something. Let's try an experiment when she wakes up again. What kind of an experiment? Well, let's see if we can talk to her, get her to say anything. If we can get a flicker of intelligence, maybe we can teach her, build up from a small fragment. Maybe it might work. I'm going to wake her up and try it. Well, not now. Why don't you take a walk? Relax a little and get something to eat while you're out. Eat? I can't eat. I'm going to wake her. Ruth. Ruth. David, why not let her sleep? She's waking up now. Ruth. Hello, Ruth. Are you waking up? Poor child. Poor child. There. She repeats after me. A little. Maybe it will work, Ed. Ruth. Ruth! David. Ruth! It works. Seems to. Ruth, say I want a glass of water. Seems to. <laughs> I want a glass of water. Water. It's too long for her. Ruth. Say, Ruth. Ruth. Loves. Loves. David. Loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. <laughs> Ruth loves David. <laughs> it's working, Ed. Maybe. But what is she thinking? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Ruth, stop it. Stop it. Wait a minute, old man. Ruth 
too much for you. Tired as you are. Go on out and take a little walk, and I'll work with it for a while. Stop. Your nerves won't take much of this. Oh, I guess you're right, Ed. I can't think anymore. I'll be right there. Fine, fine. I'll take good care of her and see what I can find out. Be patient. Don't worry. I will. And you get something to eat while you're out. All right, I'll try. Poor guy, this is really rough on him. Rough on him. Ruth. We're kidding ourselves. There's nothing there. She's a parrot. Never mind, Ruth. Ruth, put down that scalpel. Scalpel! You'll hurt yourself. Ruth, stay away. Never put it down. Think of David. God's sake, what happened? Ruth. Scalpel. I'll get something and fix you right up. Wait. No use. Now look. Dr. Artery. No hope. Ed. All right, Doctor. Your diagnosis is correct. A minute or two left. Ruth's hiding. Watch out. No, no soul. She'll kill you, too. What have I done, Ed? Everything I've done is wrong. Wonderful technique, Doctor. Congratulations. What about soul? Ed. Ed. Ruth. She's somewhere in the house. What if she gets out and a scalpel in her hands? There's been enough damage. Ruth! Ruth! Basement. I'd better take a gun. You'll hurt yourself, Ruth. Ruth, love, David. Ruth, come back. Ruth, love, David. Come back! busy in the lab. No. No, there's nothing new. Just an experiment. <laughs> 
No. Like so many experiments, it, it just didn't work out. Eversharp Shake has just presented Boris Karloff in the first of the new series of mystery and terror stories, Lights Out. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's story. But first, no matter what kind of razor you use now, here's a challenge. There's a better, easier, faster way to shave. Eversharp Schick Injector Razor has banished forever 90% of the nuisance that makes shaving such a chore. Ends nuisance number one, no time wasted. Eversharp Schick Injector Razor has been proved at least 50% faster. Ends nuisance number two, it's safer. Patented guard bar prevents skin irritation, even under nose. Eversharp Schick shaves clean and smooth without skin irritation. Ends nuisance number three, Nothing to take apart or put together. World's easiest razor to clean. Just rinse, shake, put away. Ends nuisance number four. No blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull, click-click. Because Eversharp Shicks, the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer that locks a keen new blade, the world's sharpest blade, in correct shaving position instantly. Yes, it's 50% faster... 100% safer, 200% smoother. So, for the world's quickest, easiest, cleanest shave, change to Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. It's a $1.75 value, but special now for only $1.25, complete with 20 blades. Buy yours tomorrow. <laughs> Next week, Lights Out will bring you a story about the undead, the vampires who are doomed to wander alone through all eternity, seeking the blood of innocent ones. Be sure to listen next Wednesday night at the same time. Lights Out is produced and directed by Bill Lawrence. The script is by Paul Pierce and Willis Cooper. This is Ken Niles speaking for Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp Schick Injector razors and blades and famous Eversharp Precision Writing Instruments. For birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, and business gifts, remember the best gift of all is an Eversharp CA pen. Buy yours tomorrow during the sensational Eversharp CA pen sale. Buy now and save as much as 60%. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Lights Out with Death Robbery, starring Boris Karloff from July 16, 1947. Also heard in the cast, Lorene Tuttle with Ken Niles announcing as heard over ABC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 47 of the Classic Radio Theater after this break. Next time on episode 47 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two true crime episodes of Dragnet, starring Jack Webb, so don't miss it. 
To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune us in next time. Thanks for listening.